0: Here's a few exciting scenes from tonight's episode of The Tom Gully Show. Fact. Paul Levine has represented both Jack Kirby and the trust and has never taken any legal action to demonstrate ownership or the return of any items possessed by Greg Theakston. That's a fact. Fact, there is no signed document existing on earth detailing the exact donation, the terms, the items, and acceptance of such by both parties nor any transfer of ownership document. None. Now that is a fact.
1: Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. It's time, America. Mr. Mr. North and South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. So sit back, buckle in, Place your tray table in its upright lock position and get ready for big time radio, friends. It's time for... Check is in the mail When your bird is on the wire And your ass is in the jail When the river calls your name And you answer with a grin And you wrestle with the blame When the lumber hits the skin And it's time to pay the tone Let the truth waggle
0: Good evening. It is Saturday, December 20th, 2014, episode 213. I'm Tom Gully, and tonight on The Tom Gully Show, yes, we have more on the Greg Theakston Kirby Museum controversy a letter from Paul Levine, the Rosalind Kirby Trust's attorney. It contains some interesting things. Now, I don't see many, if any, legal things in it. But there are some interesting things as the museum and all its supporters continue in one breath to say thousands of pencil Xeroxes are his property and a month later that he never owned them at all. Greg Theakston, by the way, will be with us on our next podcast to address the letter from Mr. Levine and the John Morrow blog postings. But tonight, look just up ahead there. There's a signpost up ahead and the sign says you're returning to the unethical, illogical and unbelievable twilight zone of the Kirby Museum and a letter from Paul Levine tonight on the Tom Gully show.
1: I am the Tom Gully Show Podcast Translator 3000, translating newsmakers for humans. Translating Bristol Palin.
0: Um, regardless of what I did personally, I just, I just think that abstinence is the only way that you can effectively 100% foolproof way to prevent pregnancy.
1: Translation: Here's how my special brand of abstinence works. First, I find a muscle-bound simpleton. Then I let him pin my ankles behind my head and pound me like a veal cutlet, encouraging him to thrust his throbbing love sickle into my pulsating meat wallet. Over and over and over again. Banging me like a screen door in a hurricane. Filling my tampon tunnel with his man mustard. Then, later, believe it or not, I get $20,000 for giving a speech on abstinence. Kind of like a guy with one hand getting $20,000 to talk about lawnmower safety. This has been the Tom Gulley Show
0: Podcast Translator 3000. Good day. Where to begin here? Um... Wow, did you hear that? Fan just kicked on in my studio. It's like 9 million degrees right now in Dallas. Uh, Where to begin here? We're going to, of course, go into this letter from the Rosalind Kirby Trust's attorney, Paul Levine. And uh, just to backtrack in a sentence, because there's like four podcasts on this now, and you can find things all over the Internet and Facebook about it. Very renowned illustrator and comic book figure. Uh, donated let's say eight to ten boxes of things to the kirby museum he uh, stipulated that two and a half boxes should be returned to him they're saying no they all belong to us now Um, and there's just a lot of back and forth i've obviously come down on one side of the issue Um, incidentally the uh, john morrow is full of crap podcasts just exploding on the internet right now and uh, a lot of people brought to my attention the use of that visual and i apologize for that um uh i was being kind of rough on images of stool by comparing them to john morrow so i apologize to images of stool everywhere let's just start off with some facts these are facts okay these are things you cannot refute all right these are just facts and i'm going to state these facts because these are not disputable. And then I'll read the letter, comment on it, and we'll get out of here pretty quick. Because I've got an interview with Greg Theakston tomorrow or the next day. And he's going to comment on both the Moro blog and this letter and a lot of things in between. So, with that in mind. Fact. No one in the Kirby family ever has taken any documented legal action against Greg Theakston to recover the Xeroxes in over 30 years. Now, that's just a fact. Fact. Nor any documented action or communication of any kind to return the items. There's no documentation of anything saying return these. Fact. Paul Levine has represented both Jack Kirby and the trust and has never taken any legal action to demonstrate ownership or the return of any items possessed by Greg Theakston. That's a fact. Fact, there is no signed document existing on earth detailing the exact donation, the terms, the items, and acceptance of such by both parties nor any transfer of ownership document. None. Now that is a fact. Fact, there is no documentation of any kind that John Morrow was a duly appointed representative of the Kirby family in any attempts at negotiation with Greg Theekston, Greg's acceptance of such an arrangement, nor anything that indicates in any way that Greg knew this was the case. And what's not a fact, but I'll go ahead and say is I'd like to see some actual documentation written, signed, that says John Morrow, go be our representative with Greg Thiexton. I mean stuff you don't like make up and then have signed you know month after you say it's somebody's property. Fact The museum has represented that they were going to give Greg scans of donated items. They've had his items for five years, yet no scans have been produced. That kind of says something. I mean Morrow mentions it in his blog. They know they got them all. They supposedly are scanning them or have them scan. Eh, you know, what's keeping your word? That can't go to any credibility elsewhere, can it? Nah. nah, we're all that stupid. Here's the letter, September 18th, 2014. It is from Mr. Paul S. Levine, attorney at law. He works out of Venice, California. There's various phone numbers, his voicemail, and an email. I might also point out, before I get going any further, I haven't uh, asked my listeners to do anything on this. I haven't said, hey, email these people. I haven't said, hey, go to this message board. I haven't done any of that. If you do your homework, you see my, my listeners can get kind of riled sometimes. But I would encourage them not to in this case. It's not necessary. At present, uh, September 18th, 2014, I represent the Rosalind Kirby Trust, which administers the properties of Jack Kirby and have done so for many years. Okay. From 1981 until 1987, I represented Jack. Okay. So you've represented these people, had some arrangement with them since 1981, yet have never filed any sort of legal give this back. It's ours. Nothing. Ever. During that entire time. Ever. Uh, It would be of great interest to me to know exactly which years you have represented them. If there was a gap between 1981 until present in your representation. And if so, what was the reason for that gap? i'm I'm not saying I have entitled that information, I'm probably not, but it would be of great interest to me, and I know a lot of other people um The letter continues a small but loud controversy seems to be raging in a few corners of the internet over the disposition of several thousand pages of copied images. That's a very accurate, i would say statement, although I would also note that uh accurate though it may be it was although small loud enough to cause the issuance of this letter so it had to have had some legitimacy on some level in terms of concern on your part or someone's part uh that you represent uh I shouldn't be addressing this man specifically. I'm not speaking to him. So he could be a nice man. I don't know. He's being paid to represent these people. And frankly, I wouldn't have uh, expected his letter to be any different than it is in general. Obviously, he's going to take the position of the people he represents. So, Uh, however, somebody decided that a letter needed to be written and they don't do that for no reason. If it's inconsequential, no letter is ever issued. I don't think that's beyond the realm of reasonable logic. The letter continues. These are scanned, copied, pages of Jack Kirby's pencil art that Jack and his wife Roz stored in their home. Fair enough. At some point, Greg Theakston, who was then an occasional visitor to the Kirby home, arranged to have a large quantity of them shipped to his home across the country. There seems to now be a dispute over whether this gift, excuse me, whether this was a gift or a loan. Um, I would say that is, in general, very accurate, except you would have to really define for me what occasional visitor means, and I think this is yet another attempt on the part of the museum people and, and those who represent them and support them to diminish Greg Theakston's relationship with Jack and Roz Kirby. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's a... a swipe it, greg i just think that is a very appropriate legal way of saying something without giving somebody too much credit put it that way certainly is not shaded in greg's favor is it and, and nor, nor should it be i have to say this to lawyers all the time because believe it or not um over the 30 years i've had to you know talk to a lawyer too um I always just say, look, you're not my advocate. Keep talking, but you're not my advocate. Why am I supposed to believe anything you tell me? You're not my advocate. I will believe him. Um, So there's really no blood, no foul here. This is just a letter from a lawyer. The letter continues. I have checked with all the members of the Kirby family who could possibly know anything about this, comma, and also with close friends of the family this is where i start to go okay now there are some problems with with this letter define all the members of the kirby family who could possibly know anything about this is that all the members who were born and alive during that time including extremely small children uh is are those people who you believe had the confidence of roz and jack um are those just people in the immediate family are they brothers cousins uncles Uh, it's a very vague statement and frankly i don't think it really has any bearing if two people give a gift you can go ask my parents and brothers and sisters all all you want if i bestowed a gift on somebody which incidentally was a month ago considered his property by the museum it uh, doesn't matter what my family or anybody says or thinks about it. Uh, those people had every right to secure the services of Mr. Levine and say, give them back. They're ours. Never happened. Never, ever once happened. Letter continues. The unanimous consensus is that Roz Kirby expected the return of those pages as well as the other items Mr. Thekson had borrowed for research purposes and that she was very upset that he was not complying with her demands that all of the material which she had loaned to him returned to her uh, this does not pass the smell test for me on two counts number one uh, you're, so you're telling me that the people who sued and are now with the Supreme Court a- against Disney and Marvel were approached and asked hey these photocopies that are of issue on the internet um, do you think she wanted those and they said yeah we, she really was upset we, we really do think she wanted those Yet we didn't pursue any legal action. It just doesn't pass the smell test to me that people are going to Supreme Court against Disney and Marvel can't pull the trigger on Greg Theakston. Nor that anyone would expect those same people that are suing those same companies to say anything but. Well, yes, of course, she wanted them back so badly. She did nothing to actually engage a process of reclaiming them. However, we do have a stack of third-party insistences and stories which have never appeared ever anywhere until a month after the museum insisted three times in its press release they were Greg's property. Never has this story been told. But suddenly, well, they were the, the, the items that we just three months yeah, the, the month ago said. No, now they're not. Yeah. Letter continues. Regardless of whether Mr. Theakston believed the art he received would, would, to be a loan or gift, I love that blanket statement. Regardless of whether he thought it was his or not, (laughs) regardless of whether he was a thief or the recipient of a gift, I I guess there weren't two more extremes to pick from. Uh, Regardless of whether Mr. Thieves didn't believe the art he received to be a loan or a gift, he has on several occasions indicated a willingness to return the copies of Jack kirby pencil art in question i would say that could be true yes hey i'd like to see that you get these in some form or fashion if you if you ever get a brick and mortar they're yours i think those things were said and we'll get to the rest of that in a second but uh, i think he's expressed a willingness to give them a uh uh i'm not an attorney a shit ton of of his personal jack kirby treasure in in excess of these two and a half boxes is well demonstrated and i don't think anybody's claiming those were not his property unless you'd like to bust out another 30 to 17 year old story never before heard never before documented never be thought to be um, of enough you know critical mass to actually engage with the legal process uh, because of course Internet message boards and third-party accounts 17 years later are far more binding than someone's actual willingness to proceed in legally. Uh, as we all know. <laughs> um, letter continues. As but one example, in September of 2009, he wrote to my client Lisa, daughter of Jack and Roz, as, and as you can see, explicitly stated he was donating it all to the Jack Kirby Museum and Research Center. Uh, I, don't, I don't know because you're going to hear me read this and I don't hear that he's donating at all. And this guy quotes it. So I guess he didn't read what he quoted because it, it in the first sentence uh, in the first few words here, here it is as 40 years of investigation draws to a close. This is, I'm sorry. This is Greg uh, writing to Lisa Kirby. As 40 years of investigation draws to a close, I have donated almost all, I'm sorry, I'll have to repeat that, almost all, almost all, almost all. We can get into the meaning of the word donation, because there are donations on loan. It's done all the time. Hey, I'm donating these to you for scanning, and you can keep them until I ask for them back. We won't even get into that because he says almost all of my Kirby files to Rand in the museum. I'm going to just read that sentence again. As 40 years of investigation draws to a close, I have donated almost all of my Kirby files to Rand in the museum. You know, just the previous sentence, the good uh, Mr. Levine says he explicitly stated he was donating it all. Okay, I'll, I'll continue in Greg's letter to Lisa Kirby, probably six to eight boxes of paperwork, including my set of copies to your, of your father's Xerox copies, thousands, as well as copies of all the taped interviews I did with your father, related interviews and all the video footage I have. Just about everything I've collected went to the museum and getting a collector to part with it is hard. Again, he says just about everything I've collected. He does not say everything there. Again, I'm no attorney, but that is not explicitly stating he was donating it all. That's when someone says, everything I've collected, not just about everything, everything. And in the uh, earlier sentence, I have donated almost all of my Kirby files to Rand in the museum. It does not say all. It says almost all. So this claim of explicit statement, eh eh-eh. Now we'll go on to a bigger picture. And Greg, Greg had the best line for this. I also promised to marry a girl in 2009, but that didn't happen either. Uh, if you go buy a car and you write them a letter and you tell them you, you want to buy the car and you get uh, some friends and some family to say he's been talking about it for 17 years, although we've never said anything about it. That doesn't mean that you own the car. I mean, they make you sign an agreement. They actually do make you sit down and sign an agreement. And I'll bust it out a little further. I used to work for a little place called the Cartoon Network. And I was their editorial director. And one of the biggest portions of my job was to sit down every single day and sign huge stacks of legal documents on the part of people that were licensing our characters. Characters by the name of Scooby-Doo and Bugs Bunny. And Daffy Duck and Porky Pig and George Jetson and Fred Flintstone and I could go on. Let me assure you that there was a very clear transfer of ownership dictating in what spaces they could use the product line in what formats the artwork was approved. Everything was approved into the nittiest, grittiest detail. Now, I also possessed on my uh, computer emails from the creators of cartoons that we would then purchase. An air indicating that they're really looking forward to another great season and oh boy, this is going to be fun. But you know what? We didn't get to broadcast that stuff until the lawyers came in and made us sign some documents that says, yes, we agree. Both parties were both saying these are the rules. We agree to them. This is the way it's going to go. I say this is yours for these specific times, dates, lengths of time. This is what you're going to compensate me. It's all cut and dried it's all done above board it's all extremely straightforward everybody knows at all times what's going on what everyone's position is there's no smoke and mirrors there's no i got a letter here so you're screwed see ya none of that none of it let me tell you something mr levine knows this and let me tell you something else The reason Jack Kirby and the ghouls that are genetically related to him are in front of the Supreme Court is because Jack and people around Jack didn't get this kind of stuff straight to begin with. So it kind of continues, don't you see? And so the letter goes on. My client was very happy to have the museum receive the archived and archive of the donated material. Well, of course, the donated material. Again, we have to talk about what that word means, but I'm assuming you mean the items that Greg gave the museum for them to keep forever. Now he's saying that all but two and a half boxes. You do recall that he did give a whole bunch more than those two and a half. If you do the math, he gave more than double that to the museum just gave it, said, this is yours. He gave the other stuff for five years, you know, do, scan, whatever. We won't get into Rand Hoppy being at his home scanning them and the logic that he would allow Rand to do that rather than just giving him the copies if he intended them to be scanned forever and never returned to him, you know, because people are that dumb. Um, The letter continues. The trust has also allowed the Kirby Museum to do that with the pages that Mr. Thiessen did not have. Who cares? It's not part of it. If the trust had possession of those other pages, it would have had the museum store them and proceed with its mission, which is to make high quality scans of it all. Um, I beg to differ. If Mr. Levine would have taken the time to actually read the mission statement of the museum, that's not the mission of the museum. That's what the museum has become because it is not a museum. It's, it's not a, music, uh, uh, you know, a mission of acquisition. It's never, never stated that that's its mission. It's supposed to be educational. Explain to me how stealing people's property and simply scanning pieces of art is educational. When nobody ever gets to see the three-dimensional art, there's no interrelational database of the art itself. This museum, quote-unquote, has clearly never read the American Museum Curators Association's guidelines because they've broken nearly all of them, especially the ones about conflict of interest. And, yes, we will be getting to the bottom of what that conflict of interest is on the 1023 statement. Believe you me. Uh, This ensures that these examples of Jack's work are preserved and can be made available to as many fans and to researchers. Yes, because Greg Theakston has exhibited such a huge hatred for uh, championing and uh, preserving Jack's work. As far as my client is concerned, and I don't know whether he's talking about the trust or Lisa, delivering the material to Rand Hoppy and the loyal volunteers of the Kirby Museum is just as good as returning it to the Kirby family. Well, that would be great if if it was their property to begin with, but it was gifted by their parents, so it's not. Uh, And there's other legal issues that Mr. Levine probably knows about too regarding how long someone possesses something, uh, things of that nature. Rand Hoppy, John Morrow. I got to start over because editorially, those two are the reason people wipe. Rand Hoppy and uh, John Morrow and the other good people involved in the Jack Kirby Museum and Research Center are doing the name of Kirby a great and selfless service. Um, They do not deserve personal attacks, especially personal attacks based on erroneous information. Now, there's two things there. A great and selfless service. Hmm. Well, if you believe that you're a museum and you can't post to your own blog journal in over a year, if you believe that a quick, and I mean this was a quick inventory of the communications instruments of that, thing. I the website is just a joke. But if you believe that 10 out of 10 of their last 10 blog postings were were selling t-shirts or announcing com appearances, and that's a museum. If you believe a failure to thoroughly inventory, categorize and sign an agreement transferring possession before taking possession, is something that any museum in, in good standing, following the practices of any museum, doing the bare minimum, then I guess that is a great and selfless service. If you think this issue which has is sprung up because of the museum's failure to act in an above-board manner, you know, if this museum had said, here's this document, Greg, sign it, and give us that stuff, you guys, if he would have said no, you could have sued him right on the spot. But that was never done. So it just kind of meanders along. Because the museum is not a museum. It's a bunch of buffoons that want to be revered like they're a museum. Without knowing how a museum operates. I mean, I could go through. It's on the internet. The simple questions that I received from museum professionals. Numerous that said these questions are questions they should be able to answer immediately and should be freely available to the public. They should want to answer these questions. And they were, they were not difficult questions. How many items do you have? How many have been donated? How many have been loaned? Who's the person there in charge of preserving, storing, or restoring fine artwork or items of this nature? Couldn't answer any of those. Are all the items individually stored and preserved? Couldn't answer it. Have any precautions being taken to see that these items are stored at the optimum temperature and humidity? Couldn't answer it. Um, they ask, The museum professionals ask questions about, has this been logged into an interrelational database? And when it was taken in, when it was taken in, did you get all of this information? Uh, you know, These people are aghast that this must material was turned over to a museum and a museum didn't go, well, first we got to just get our hands around what we've been given. Archive it. Aggregate it. You know, put it on paper or on a list or on a spreadsheet. Give it back to the guy and say, this is what you gave us. Do you intend this to be alone loan in our permanent collection? Do you intend this to be, what is it? Sign this. We'll sign it too. Thank you. Tip of the cap. Bye. Never happened. Now, there was one exchange, but when there's one exchange, this is from museum professionals that puts the donor at a huge disadvantage because he's forced to go, okay, well, yeah, that's, I agree to this, but what am I agreeing to? Is is there more stuff? Is it that don't cut it? Because you still got his stuff, some of it with no agreement, no understanding You're not even supposed to take it from him until you get that agreement signed. Check it out if you don't believe me. And read the conflict of interest section. If it's not a, you you know, it's a description in the dictionary for Hoppy and Morrow. Eight years? This is the museum? You go to their website. I mean, mine's not Great Shake's but i'm one guy and it's, it's like years it's a template when you go to that site i ask again do you go oh my god my mind's been blown with jack kirby greatness and artwork hell no do you see any educational stuff there outreach hey teachers here's how to get jack kirby into your curriculum into your science curriculum into your art curriculum do you see any libraries with kids at tables being taught how to draw like Jack Kirby does? No, it's cons. Once in a while, they'll send some artwork to some art show. That's not an educational. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, letters over. Fexton will be on soon. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's just more of the same. One side of the mouth, there's property, there's property, there's property. Other side of the mouth, he never owned them, he never owned them, he never owned them. Would well, you have any proof of that? Well, some people, yet to be named, all agree, and of course they have no financial interest whatsoever to agree, wink wink, that somebody was really upset and wanted those back. When I was seven, I saw this commercial like every day during the cartoons for this army man that you could shoot up in the air with a slingshot and it opened up in a parachute. I'm telling you what, I saw this. I saw this cartoon, and uh, oh god, I saved up my money for I don't know how long and got one. And I sh- and I mean this thing was just the great. And I shot that thing up in the air and the parachute didn't open and it plummeted to the ground like a rock and. That's pretty much the way it went for the two days that I had it for the parachute just fell off of him and doggone and I was angry and I wanted that back my money back, but you know what? I, I just not the way it works. Hey, maybe they gifted it to him and then decided I've got an anecdote that I could share. Uh, but this is a factual show that goes directly in the face of that statement, but, When it's a third-party anecdote from a family member, we're supposed to accept it as complete fact, even though we've never heard it before. But if Greg Thiexton was to make an anecdote that nobody would ever heard before, it would be, you know, conjecture and myth. Just go back to the last podcast and listen to what Greg's done with his career, those of you who never met Jack Kirby and know more about him than Greg does. That'll do it for this one. We'll see you next time. Oh, wait. uh, There's funny stuff at the end in the closing, too. Bye.
1: You'll find our snack bar chock full of good things to eat and drink. Tasty, tempting hot dogs. Thirst-quenching soft drinks. Fresh, crunchy popcorn. You've plenty of time, so visit the snack bar now. If I only had one word to describe this new series, it would be excitement. The drama will be about people caught up in a critical moment of life and death and presented as realistically and creatively as possible. We're tremendously excited about it. We think you will be, too.
0: You're listening to The Tom Gully Show. like to thank Paul Levine for his many years of fine legal expertise, during which time he never saw fit to detail the nature of all gifts given by Jack and Roz Kirby, and during which time no legal attempt was made to recover these items, even though now, 17 years later, one month after the museum repeatedly claimed these items were Greg's property, a lavish decades-old backstory, including fury and outrage, Appears that wasn't apparently apparent at the time. So, thank you, Mr. Levine, for not ever thinking a signed agreement on the part of both parties was necessary because that's what lawyers are about. Anyway, I mean, and sincerely, thank you. Folks, we'd really appreciate it if you'd share this on your various Facebook pages. Trying to spread the word means trying to spread our little show here. We'd appreciate it if you'd like The Tom Gully Show, not me, but the show on Facebook too, if the mood strikes you. And of course, there's always the tomgullyshow.com. That's where you can find everything about the show. There's the Tom Gully Show Store, and we always encourage you to subscribe on iTunes for free. Uh, one thing about The Tom Gully Show Store, and I should probably point this out. Uh, If you buy something from us, you can't just send us a letter that says that you intend to buy something. We will actually send you forms and documentation that will require you to say, yes, I I officially intend to buy it. And here's the purchase price. And then we officially send you something. I mean, you just can't say some people that I talked to said she wanted to buy this about 17 years ago. And now, you know, follow us on Twitter at Atomic Palooka as well, so I can increase my clout and cred ratings. If I get enough points, we're all gonna go to the aces. By the way, that's that's just a slogan um, for all the legal types out there. There is no actual amount of points that if we reach it, I'm going to go to the fictitional place uh, or fictitious, excuse me, place. Uh, in the movie Slapshot that Reg Dunlap repeatedly references in times of celebration. Uh, it's, for, it's for you legal types. And then for extremely litigious types, because I used the word Reg Dunlap just now, doesn't mean the grandchildren of um, Walter Hill, who I think directed that, if I'm not mistaken, I could be uh, get to now sue me for using the name in that reference because um, that would be ghoulish. That'll do it for tonight. I'm out of here. i got to go talk to some people. I'll talk to you much later. Each night, Jay Johnson brings us in with The Truth Wagon. Go to jjohnsonmusic.com. That cat is so awesome. And uh, each night, we take you out with the Catch-22 Blues by the Hitman Blues Band. Go to hitmanbluesband.com or to go to hitmanbluesband.net. One of those two sites has a mailing list you can sign up for. And if you do, you get nine free blues songs, one of which you would give your eye teeth for. For those of you who have eye teeth, consult your optometrist and dentist about those at the same time. And we will see you next time.
1: can't lift a twig, for a dog it's nothing big, but he don't want to and the dog can't grab a cat or a coon can do all that but he don't want to and I dream of you at night, while you hold your baby tight, but he don't want you you can see it in his eyes from the